0: I'm Dave Lotan, Chairman of Orion Resources. Orion is a Greenfields gold exploration company in Finland. We've got several emerging and we think significant discoveries. uh, We have investments from uh, or partnerships with three major producers. We're located immediately adjacent to Rupert's uh, very exciting 4 million ounce Icarus discovery. We're tens of kilometers away from Magnico Eagle's Ketala mine, the largest gold mine in, in Europe. We're about 12 kilometers west of Anglo-Americans, very exciting uh, Sacadi Nickel Copper PGE discovery. Uh, all of this, we think, makes Lapland one of the most exciting emerging mineral belts in the world, and we control about a thousand square kilometers of it.
1: Brilliant, Dave. Good to see. You. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Um, it's been a while since um, your company's been on. We think we spoke previously with Mark Santorosa uh Rosa. Uh, sorry, I should say. Um, back in August 2020. So I'm, I'm kind of keen to get a, a catch up, and see what's going on. Cause obviously, you, you've had a sort of resurgence sure. uh, recently from sort of November. But um, I want to start off with you. What's you, your chairman? What's your story? Why are you involved with this?
0: Sure. Uh, Well, I bailed the company out in uh, 2015. It was going bankrupt. It was run by a good friend of mine. He he'd been a consulting geologist with me on a bunch of things that I do in the natural resource world, Um, and uh, I thought he'd done some very good work and deserved to take it a little bit further. So um, when the company was uh, unable to get to capital markets and fund its operations, I sold funded of the company for about 18 months. Uh, later, I joined the board to help uh, the company get re-intermediated to capital markets. Uh, the company made a big discovery or what we thought was a, a big discovery and had to make a decision Uh, to remain a prospect generator or to uh, keep control of the discovery and finance it uh, out of capital that we raised. Uh, So I collaborated with the board and management in making that uh, pivot decision as we would call it. Uh, And then uh, later arranged the strategic investment from Kinross. I guess I became chairman around that time and I've been uh, a volunteer chairman ever since. I don't take stock options. I don't take any compensation from the company. And all that's meant to ensure that shareholders understand that we're running it, uh, as I like to say, to
1: make the stock go up. Okay, and what's your background before that? Yeah, obviously, the bailing out bit's is interesting, but where, where's the money come from?
0: Uh, I uh, was a, a consultant in uh, structured finance and uh, what we used to call exotic derivatives. I got uh, hired by a hedge fund out of out of the consulting world to take over a distressed company that they had an investment in we fixed that and sold that i started uh, another company in partnership with them in 2004 i sold that to one of the big banks in canada in 2007 uh, and uh, with a brief stop at a pension fund uh, for a year to to help help them uh, build a similar business um, and then retired and, and basically i just run my own dough so i'm i'm i I guess i'm what they call a strategic investor in in natural resources i take anywhere from two to nine percent stakes in uh in canadian small caps sometimes i go over ten percent i think i've done that three times now sometimes i take a board seat usually when uh management uh, needs and wants some assistance in finance and, and strategic planning and so Orion is one of the boards that I'm on, and uh, and that's uh, and that's how I got here.
1: Okay, and so so how are you describing it you Okay, was a prospect generator? How do you describe the company now?
0: Yeah, sure. So when Mike started the company in 2008, his comfort level he had was was prospect generation. So that's a strategy where uh, what well, it's it, it's it's a it's a capital light strategy, and it has two primary attributes and two two primary assets. It's a capital rationing strategy. You do very inexpensive work to attempt to identify prospective uh, mineral occurrences. And then you go into a partnership with a mid tier or a major where they do the expensive work and you are carried for some portion of value going forward. And the other uh, attribute of these prospect generators is if they find something that is, uh, that is in their estimation, um, potentially going to be, uh, uh, financeable on their own they can pivot to sole risk expiration. So that that's happened a few times famously. Arequipa was a prospect generator. Uh, Perina was so good that they pivoted to sole risk exploration. Mirasol years ago was a penny stock, went to $7 on their own discovery. Almaden went from a penny stock to $3 or $4 on the Extaca discovery. Um, and uh, well, probably the most famous in Canadian history is Virginia gold. Where Andre Gaumont, I think, did 75 joint ventures before he discovered Eleanor. Uh, they took it forward on their own and sold the company for around a billion dollars and spun off a royalty that produced, I think, uh, another 500 million a few years later. And so that, that, that's, that's where Orion got to. We thought that opportunity was there and, and we made the decision and, and. And uh, and then spent all of our time thinking about how to finance it and, and, and how to do it in a in a in the most uh, responsible, um, I'll say, risk-adjusted manner.
1: Okay, so you're the money, okay? And what I and you put two and a half million bucks of your own money in last year. Two million of it at, yeah, at market. Okay. So you're serious about this, but I, what I want to get out of today's conversation is to understand whether you're just drinking the Kool-Aid and you believe the story and you're putting money in because you can, or there's a clear plan to value creation and possibly even an, an exit for you guys. So I've got to believe that you've got the, you've got the um, team, the asset, and the ambition. So should we start with the team? Because if your money, Who's helping the company or helping you do the technical sure. analysis and move this thing forward?
0: Sure, sure. Well, as we discussed off camera, our founder, Mike Basha, who uh, was, by uh, my estimation, one of the best prospecting geologists in the history of Canada, identified the opportunity uh, and uh, staked the ground and put the play together. Uh, and unfortunately uh, was victim to a horrible tragedy in 2019 when he lost his son. He did stay with the company for another year, uh, but in the interim, uh, one of our board members, uh, Matty Talika, uh, became available to be our CEO. And Matty has drilled uh, tens of thousands of meters for gold in Lapland. He's a Finnish native. Uh, He was with Dragon Mining when we bought our first small portion of land in Finland uh he uh, staked the ground that B2 has made their discovery on now or the discovery in, uh, in partnership with us uh, He's a superb exploration geologist uh, and not just from the, the the standpoint of a of a concept generator or uh, someone with 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 an idea of where to look but he's really, really fantastic at executing drill programs and doing it cost efficiently and in a manner that gives a junior the best chance to generate the most amount of data for the least amount of money.
1: Okay, and, and who, else you, who else is on the team?
0: Well, uh, we've got a local contractor, Geopool, uh, run by Matthias Force, and uh, really just a couple of other staff. It's a very, uh, it's a very capitalized staff-like business uh, where we add pieces as we we're, we're require. Of course, we've got a partnership with B2. So on that particular ground, uh, they're the operator, and we get all of their expertise and, and capital. Uh, but uh, we don't have a lot of people.
1: Okay, which which is fine. Outsource is a great model. Don't mind that at mm-hmm. all. Um, it, and it it can be very efficient as well, which which, which, which I like. So mm-hmm. how... I don't necessarily want to talk about the assets yet, but I am like, "How are you financing these guys?" I know you put a lot of money in yourself, right? And that's a very low G&A. It's great, and you're not paying yourself. It's great, but how much money are you allocating to do what with what outcome? What's the plan?
0: Well, I would say that we have raised from the Canadian capital markets probably about fifty million dollars over the years. Um, as I mentioned, the company couldn't raise money in 2015, so uh, I sold finance it that year uh very compassionately with debt that did not convert to cheap equity didn't draw any equity or warrants or anything like that. Uh, I renetworked the stock I uh, got a bunch of uh, people who I have worked with over the years in Canada interested they came into it. Uh, we got three of the big funds to finance the company uh, in twenty sixteen at forty cents a share without a warrant, which was very difficult at the time. made the discovery. Raised money at a dollar fifty from Ross Beatty and John Tognetti and Kevin McLean at Century, who you just had on as the CIO of Star Royalty. Um, we didn't blow that money on drilling, and instead we ran a, a politely competitive process with a bunch of majors. Kinross Ross then put sixteen million dollars in at two thirty a share. Goldcorp was part of that process. They bought five percent of the company in the market at two eighty a share. Um, maybe about two years later, Eric Sprott came in at a buck fifty. So. Uh, we're financing it, opportunistically, uh, and uh, and and being as careful as we can who we put on the register, and uh, and trying to run a balance sheet that allows us to run programs, get good results, add capital if capital is available at good prices, or stay out of markets if it's not.
1: So you name you name some pretty big share price numbers uh, in there so it, it's fair to say the last five mm-hmm. years have been fairly er- erratic for you and as a prospect generator right. it can be quite quite hit and miss um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, i'll, I'll mm-hmm. be nice to you and say you've pretty much moved sideways for the last four or five years and that, <laughs> that's that's a tough that's a tough one right because mm-hmm. perception in the market is oh there's an old story it's not going anywhere i'm going to look at the next new shiny new object sure. right sure. you've come in you're confident. You put two and a half million bucks of your money. I'll say it again. Last year, you, but so, so the plan is. That, well, that's so, and,
0: and, and, and Matt. That's and that's only last year, Matt.
1: Right. I mean, How much have you put I, in total? Put
0: multiples of uh, probably six.
1: Okay. Right. So you're 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 keen, right? We, what we've got to work out is a bit of a smart because you, you need to be able to say to the market, look, we're well. What, what 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 is it that you feel you need to say to the market? I don't want to put words in your mouth.
0: Yeah. Sure. Okay. Well. Uh, so i'm not the only investor in the company our cfo mark surdan was a lipper award-winning gold fund manager at bmo asset he joined the company after after bmo converted those those uh, funds to etfs but uh, between mark and i and mark santa rosa who's also still with the company we've i'm sure looked at 2,000 expiration exploration companies over the years i have personally invested in at least three or 400 of them i have. Investments in 75 other natural resource companies right now, and we spend a lot of time examining ideal pathways to value creation. A lot of time, and so what we have observed over time is that a good orogenic discovery, and we're in orogenic territory here, and those are deep-rooted gold systems. They're complicated, uh, but they have high grades and they can go on for many years. What we've observed over over time. Is that on average, in decent cycles, well-run uh, discoveries, well-run or objective discoveries, can yield about a five hundred million dollar takeout on average, and the spend is anywhere from twenty to fifty million dollars to get those outcomes on average. And I, I reference Queensland Mining, Brett Resources, Virginia Gold, uh, Comaplex, uh, Cumberland Resources. Uh, and many, many others. These are just a few of the data points which would be commonly known to Canadian investors and perhaps viewers of this channel. So we try to manage the company to that outcome. Uh, The property has an unbelievable surface expression of gold unlike anything any of us have seen in our careers. Uh, We have hit it in the ground, uh, but what, what we are assuming is that if we do this right, and if the property has the potential that we believe it has, we need to make sure that five hundred million dollars is going to yield a share price which is attractive to incoming investors, and that's why we work maniacally on controlling dilution and on controlling who's in the register. Uh, and uh, and we're one hundred and eighteen million shares out today, so that would still be quite a payoff. And I would also say uh, that as we watch uh, the market. The numerator is going up. Kinross just bought Great Bear for $1.8 billion. Newcrest just bought Pretium for $3.5 billion. Fortuna bought Rock School for $1.1 billion. Northern Star just put a $1.5 billion valuation on a Cisco. So, uh, I, I, I think that from our perspective, the size of the prize, the price of, of, a prize of this size is increasing, and we just need to finance uh, finance
1: it responsibly. En route, you, you, you do, and and en route is the big the, the, the key phrase there because you're a long ways from from where those guys are, and I want to get more kind of grounded with how you go from Correct. where you are today to where you mm-hmm. feel you sure. can exit. Now there, there are lots of exit points in, in your mind, um, you know. -hmm. And and I I kind of don't want to do peer analysis because we we get a lot of CEOs come on and they go they compare themselves to X Y and Z and they're they're nothing like it. They do. They do. You know I think we've had a kind of honest conversation here. I want I want to continue along that vein of right. So as I said, you've moving sideways for the last five years. There's a perception in the marketplace about what you are and 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 what you're not. Right. You've um you you believe in it uh, enough to put a lot of your own money and capital into this. So how do you take to position today because you, you you've mentioned something there okay B two for instance so B two are they are you continuing to work with them at the, at the moment because I, I sorry I mean someone sent a question in saying well why has B two opted out of the incremental earn in option you know for instance so is, is B two a solid sure partnership
0: oh it's a fantastic partnership so uh, B two has been working with uh, Orion now for uh, since twenty fifteen. And they had spent their $15 million to earn 70% of uh, the Kudavoma-Ikari corridor. Uh, And uh, mercifully, and very late in the game, uh, and thanks to the Rupert discovery, they were able to move the drills to a part of the property uh, which uh, has yielded a new discovery. Now, uh, if they were to go from 70 to 75%, uh, as they could have under the option agreement, they would have had to produce a bankable feasibility study and arrange our share of the project debt. So we would estimate that that would be a plus dollars spend to earn just an extra 5%, which would mean that after just a few drill holes, they would be putting a plus billion dollar valuation on that property. So it wasn't surprising to us when they said, we'll stick at 70, and challenge you, Orion, to contribute, and uh, we'd kept a very healthy balance sheet. And then we're able to raise some money on the strength of that uh, of that discovery. So, with twenty-five million dollars in the bank, we were we were grateful for the opportunity. And here's the reason. Here's the second reason why we're grateful for the opportunity. So, James, as you know. Has just made a fantastic discovery. Hey, James Westfeld, we, we we
1: were, we're talking about Rupert. Sorry. Yeah. Rupert, yeah.
0: Yeah. Rupert Resources uh, has just made a fantastic discovery, which emerged in only 18 months' time uh, uh, as 4 million ounces in only about 36,000 meters of drilling, uh, maybe 40,000 if you want to include some of the drilling leading up to the discovery. So it's one of the lowest discovery costs per ounce we've seen in many, many years. It's a beautiful, flat, continuous ore body. It probably comes a little too close to our property line for James liking, uh, but that works for us. And so if it does extend uh, and evidence that B2 generated in the last couple of months indicates that it would extend or that there will be more occurrences like it on the other side of the border, well, that's been one of the highest return on capital discoveries we have seen in many years. Let's say $15 million spent for a durable increase in market cap of $900 million. It's a billion dollar company today, if you include the IGNICO warrants. Uh, that's a fantastic return on equity. And one of the reasons that we haven't stopped looking for new mineral occurrences after our Amarusco discovery, uh, on our sole loan ground is because we felt there might be something better and it just so happened uh that, that James discovered something better immediately adjacent to our properties uh we still think there's plenty of room for more so uh am i is is uh is is Risty my white whale and am i ahab i don't think so
1: but you you are you're basing a lot of hope on um, what Rupert's done at, at Ikari because because you're next door. This isn't a closeology thing. This is B two have done enough work to give sure. both of you confidence that potentially there's some Correct. there's some upside for you. But, but what's the game there? Because is there going to be enough for B two to say, hey, we've got a, we've got potential for? They're big boys, right? They they, they want to get into mines. They're not going to mind the market. They're not sure. there for exploration development play. It's, Correct. Can we? Can they build a mine? When when do they get to the point of understanding that? Because the upside, you know, if they do, it's good for you guys, right? But
0: so, so, so we don't know for sure, but our expectation is that they'll present us with a give or take ten million dollar Canadian budget for next year, right? And and we'll take three million of our twenty five million year end and contribute it gratefully to that. And given that James just spent fifteen million dollars at the most to delineate four million ounces, if there's a similar mineral occurrence as it appears there might be. Then that $10 million could go a very, very long way to building value. And we'll own 30% of that. So we're a $140 million company today. It would be fair to say that the potential uh, for that joint venture to backstop all of that valuation is plausible. Now we have our own discovery on ground we own 100% of at Amarusco. And that's me, gone out of the me,
1: news let, for the past. Yeah, let me let me year. talk about that in a minute, okay? Because I, I want I want to be clear. I want people to be, be able to d- do some basic analysis on, on 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 how they they go about valuing you. So, w- with with the kind of the Ikery, does it continue along strike? Does, uh you know what sort of scale, et etc. Ten million bucks, and uh, you're going to allocate three three million bucks or whatever those the, the actual precise numbers end up mm-hmm. being. There is. What, how much drilling, how many meters does that get you? What do you do next? What's the timeline in that? Because at some point, you've got to say, B2 have got to say, and you've got to agree with them, that we continue to drill this thing out because then we, can, we can prove up. I don't know what it is that you think you can prove up based on what you see next door or adjacent mm-hmm. to you at, 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 with, with Rupert's uh, Icaray project. So mm-hmm. tell me how that plays out.
0: Well, given the evidence that Rupert's
1: already provided,
0: I would say that ten million dollars will demonstrate whether or not there is another ory across the border, and whether we even need to take it to the point of a resource uh, is an open question uh, and and i and and I uh, have stated to our investors over the years that I'm very much against small exploration companies going to resource too quickly. Nine out of ten times it doesn't work. Chris Taylor at Great Bear resisted the pressure, kept going, kept putting his drill results out on the website, people could do their own resource, uh and and the company sold pre-resource. James on the other hand, uh had something that was so continuous, uh so unusually continuous that he was able to create a resource in only 36,000 meters of drilling. Whereas Chris on the other hand was probably close to 200,000 meters by the time they sold Great Bear. And many of these Abitibi uh, gold stories, or many of these Canadian greenstone gold stories, advertise uh, that they're going to be drilling 100,000 or 200,000 meters next year, and that's just not the way we we think juniors make money for their shareholders. James took a long, long time doing base of till samples and mapping and geophysics, testing mineral occurrences with just a few drill holes. Until he got to something truly spectacular, and that's our blueprint. That's our blueprint on our 100% owned properties, and that's probably going to be the combined blueprint uh, on on our partnership with B2. Probably don't have to go too far to get convinced that there's a lot of economic value there, and to convince the market there's a lot of economic value there because of what's already been found.
1: Right, And, and so B2 are happy to use the Rupert blueprint, as you were saying. That's agreed.
0: Well, it was it was the crucial evidence, and this is how new Gold camps emerge. I mean, we made the first discovery, the first new discovery in the area in 2017. It was this massive boulder discovery. It took us 42 drill holes to hit it. The discovery hole was 3 meters of 800 grams. Uh, we have lots and lots of high-grade uh, drill holes at Amarusco, but it was really tricky to drill. It's in the middle of this rubbly hill. We had to use helicopters. Uh, I laughed when I went back and looked at some of your old interviews with Chris Taylor and talked about these slides where he had a jihadist with a machine gun, a glacier, a lake, and a helicopter on a slide. And his pitch was Great Bear has none of these. And I will say uh, we had none of them either, except for the helicopter. Uh, and uh, and so the Amarisco discovery uh, looked so much like the Dixie hinge zone uh, that Chris first discovered, but it wasn't on flat ground. It was really difficult to move the drill around. Really expensive, and although we were willing to tolerate some waste in those early programs after discovery, we just didn't feel like the company could continue to spend that kind of money. And so uh, we took our time. We we put an end to those programs. Maddie came in and he solved the problem. No more helicopters required at Amaruco, and now that discovery can begin to evolve at a cost and at a level of efficiency which is on market.
1: Okay. So you, you got a chunk of change in the bank at the moment, which, which, which is which is good news. It kind of gives you a little bit more control in terms of decision making about how to to move this thing forward. Because as I say, going from pro- prospect generator through to explorer developer, it's. It, it, it's a different skill set. It's a, um, and, and it's a different business model, clearly. Indeed. And, I, and I, when I go back to the kind of financial pressures or the share price pressures and, and maybe, um, I don't know what kind of feedback you get from shareholders, um, about the, the speed at which this is moving or the direction in which this is moving is you've got to say, Hey, look, we've got a JV there, a world-class JV partner there that we are going to spend 10 million bucks next year that could release a lot of value or create a lot of value for the for the company why mm-hmm. and then you've got you've got your own 100% owned um, uh, uh, assets and targets that you, you want to explore yourself. why don't you just why don't you try and bring in other jv partners isn't isn't that as a much easier model for you given you kind of got a very light staffing situation would that be more appealing to you
0: no uh, the JV model is a legacy of, of how we used to do business. And it was, uh, it was appropriate for a company that was a penny stock and was raising capital at 25 and 40 cents. When we made the Boulder Discovery, the stock went to $2. And you're going to have your own rules. But uh, Mike and I agreed that if we could raise the money that was required to answer the important questions and give away 10% or less of the company to do it, then the market was paying us to go after the expiration on our own. So the boulder discovery took the stock to $2. We raised money at $1.50 from Ross, Eric, some of the great luminaries of, of the business. Then we raised money at two thirty from Kinross. Uh, and the capital markets were, were giving us capital at an appropriate cost to go after this on our own.
1: So where's the the discount coming from then, Dave? Because you know you're talking about two bucks. They named it a couple of times. You're down at one twenty-three today, right? Um, So either it's not working. The idea is not working, or the market's not giving you credit. And like I appreciate precious metals came off in the last quarter, uh, big, big, big time. And maybe a little. Maybe you could blame that a little bit. But the, the reality is, is it, the share price has has kind of you know slowly come come off. What what do you mm-hmm. think you need to do to change that, or is that just reliant on whatever happens in the market?
0: I think that the the problem uh, with most discovery stories, and we would not be the only discovery story that that was uh, that that was um, frothy uh, and uh, and had an excellent share price early on, um, and I think that that the prospect, uh, that the market, or, well, let me, let me rephrase that. The discovery that we made on surface was so extraordinary that retail shareholders and even Kinross and Goldcorp and some of the other companies that came to the property, uh, it was so spectacular that I think we all thought uh, it may be one of the easier discoveries to ever develop in drilling. The giant quartz fragments that we found on surface and thousands and thousands of them seemed like they must be right on top of something economically significant. And our first drilling campaign, unfortunately, uh, confirmed that they were not, uh, that the the economically significant portions were going to be somewhere adjacent. Our second drill program found the first economic occurrence Uh, and we made two discoveries at Omaros very high grade coming to surface, but it was slow going helicopter drilling. Uh, and, uh, unfortunately, uh, after our second discovery, uh, Mike lost his son. That was in November of 2019. And then we were hit with COVID. So we spent a year, uh, wildcatting on very low odds, but potentially very high payoff satellite occurrences. Uh, and we didn't hit and, uh, we ended up playing defense for the better part of two years. And I had to put millions more dollars into the company. Uh, but along the way, uh, gold price went up, discoveries were made on adjacent properties. Uh, MNA, uh, has heated up in the sector and the price of these prospects has, has gone higher. Um, it's an old story in some people's minds because it started in, uh, 2017. But what really marks the age of a junior is the number of shares outstanding and the number of dollars in the Treasury.
1: True. It does. And it's it's tight. I like it. But I come back to your, your, your phrase you use, wildcatting. I want to know, has your approach changed or is it going to change? Because wildcatting can be a recipe for disaster, right? Is there a kind of more systematic approach? Um, in terms of the way that you're coming about this one, otherwise you're going to have to mm-hmm. keep throwing money into this thing. So you talked yeah. about cookie cutter with, 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 with the B two JV, you know, sure. using, using the Rupert model. Great. The stuff that you're in control of with your money that you've raised, you raised a, ch- a chunk of change recently in, in, in November, just shy of 17 million Canadian. Um, mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. do you go about being a little bit more rigorous and systematic with the, the application of that? What do you say? Yeah.
0: Well. So wildcatting is is uh, a term I use. I, I like to use because I think that it immediately tells uh, the listener uh, something about the risk, the return, and the uh, and the odds on the target. Uh, all of the targets that we investigated during 2020 were semi mature targets. They were outcropping gold on surface, uh, like Amarusco, They were in these chemically inert clastic sediments, which normally didn't host gold. Amarusco um, turned out in drilling to be a significant gold occurrence. It was inefficient to drill and costly to drill. So we had to take it offline during the pandemic, and it generated no news. All of the other targets looked like Amarusco, but they weren't Amarusco. So they weren't pure wildcats, uh, but they were uh, low odds targets. They were low cost, and they potentially had a very high payoff. Uh, but I don't want to deceive our listeners. They were They were definitely, there was definitely risk in those targets and uh, we didn't get lucky. And as I said, we had to play a lot of defense on the balance sheet. And I had to put millions more dollars into the company, But, uh, but understanding that that $500 million payoff for a property of this kind, assuming that it develops as a surface suggests it will, understanding that payoff is still out there and understanding where we are from a share perspective right now, I'm convinced there's still plenty of upside.
1: Yeah, and great. But I want to I want to answer this, the question specifically because it, it says to existing shareholders and people new investors looking at this is like, okay, I get the the potential replication or you'd like to think replication of what Rupert sure. had done on the other side of the fence as it were. Great, put that to one side. That, that you know that in itself would be that you'd be done and dusted then, right? But with the, st- the way that you're going to go about to spend um, the money which you've raised recently from from, from Kinross and, and, and presumably others sure. along the way, is you say we're okay. weren't completely wildcat. They were they were known uh, targets, but they they were high, they were higher higher risk but potentially higher mm-hmm. payoff, mm-hmm. but are you going to move forward like that with the rest of the capital available to you? Or are you going to have a slightly more conservative approach sure. and a bit, okay. a bit more of a systematic approach? That's what I'm trying to get at because otherwise it's like, hey, you may get lucky, but I may go get lucky by you know buying a lottery ticket, right? I, 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 and that's maybe my, that's my decision, but I want to know how you intend to spend the money and that, sure. one form that if I want to invest in you guys.
0: I understood completely. All right. So, uh, We think the size of the prize on our joint venture ground with B2 is possibly as large as Rupert, possibly larger. That's a billion dollars today. 30% of that therefore is worth $300 million. We think that the size of the prize at Amarusco is a conventional orogenic discovery, which uh, if if it develops uh, and is handled intelligently is worth $500 million. We own 100% of that. It may not be that big. We're not sure. But we had to take a year off from it in order to figure out how to develop uh, how to develop it, how to bring it forward at a cost that is in line with the industry. We were drilling for probably $700 a meter with the helicopters. Now it's down to $250, given the improvements made in the program. That's a discovery. Uh, the odds of having success at Omarusco, uh go from... 10%, which might have been the, uh, the odds of these other targets up to, let's say 80%, because we've already made discoveries there. We just need to make it larger. And the last, and I would, uh, say most perspective, but still lower odds, uh, aspect of the program is we're running the till programs that Rupert ran for many years in the covered areas of our property where it, you know, in the rocks that are, are Icary like. Uh, looking for those kinds of gold occurrences, so there 's three programs going on at the moment there 's our joint venture program with b two on an asset that 's developing value potentially very quickly there 's our existing discovery at Omarusco, which took the company to two hundred million dollars all on its own in two thousand and seventeen and which we 're finally getting back to at an appropriate level of cost and then there 's our gendered programs all around the property in in rocks, which, uh, thanks to Rupert's discovery, we now know are very prospective, and we're using the same techniques that Rupert used to make those discoveries.
1: Okay, and, and so, so just to um, so, um BT B- are operating. You're not operating for them, are you? you? They're they're doing that. You just throw the money in, right? B- okay. Yeah. B two is B two C operator. Got those. it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, cool. And so, therefore, in terms of. Y- 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 I know you outsource it, but Ian, in terms of where you're applying your your drill capital th- this year, it's very much at Amaru's, so um, that, that's number one priority, and then the kind of more exploratory stuff Correct. takes second Okay, understood, understood. <laughs> okay, look, I, I think just in terms of time just to make sure people can digest all of this is that's a good that's a good start uh, to a conversation. It might be interesting to kind of. Um, do a more technical interview with maybe one of our uh, uh, analysts on on the uh, geotechnical side of things. Anyway, if you come back on, that'd be really cool. I'd like you to because I think it's quite an interesting story actually. In um, Finland, as you know, I think people are starting to understand it and it better. Obviously, thanks to people mm-hmm. like like Rupert and 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 others and some of the big boys who already operate in country. So, like, Dave, I want to say I like, appreciate your time today. Um, Enjoyed listening to that. It's really intriguing about how that, how this moves forward and, you know, and what this year brings for you guys. So stay in touch and uh, perhaps we'll uh, get you back on soon, right?
0: Great. Thanks so much, Matt. Really appreciate the work you do.